Denu here and welcome to another episode of the Telt Podcast. Again, I hope everyone's doing really well. And uh, so uh, the last podcast I did there was in the car and it's pretty cool. You know, it's one of those things uh, in this role you uh, you drive around a lot. So uh, the other day I was thinking, you know what, I had a few ideas kind of percolating through my mind so I said what a great time to just uh, again reflect on uh, my experiences and working uh, in the different schools and uh, so again it's fun it's just one of those things it's just trying new things and you know I find and I always found as a classroom teacher that the best and most effective teaching is modeling you know that's just me kind of thing and so you know uh, being a the, the like the tel consultant you know it's I, I find it's important for me to be trying new things in this job and in this role and modeling them and also showing like you know you know that sometimes things are going to work and sometimes they don't you know and that's okay because that's just part of the journey and you know it's one of those things uh, uh, you know, sometimes I'll be in sessions and working with teachers and, and even with students and, um, you know, I'm doing something and it doesn't work. And, you know, in other podcasts, I talked about how, like, you know, in the beginning, I used to get so nervous because I felt I needed to have all the answers. And, um, you know, the more you kind of you work through technology enabled learning and innovation, you realize that you're never you're not going to have all the answers. And it's OK. It's it's OK to not know things, you know, and but the important piece I find is just to, you know, work to try to figure out solutions. And, you know, um, I've also been in situations where teachers say, hey, Andrew, you must get a lot of questions, you know, and stuff like that. And and I do. And but it's super cool because there's questions I know the answers to right away. And then there's other questions where I don't. And I have to say to teachers or principals, you know what, I'm going to have to get back to you on that. But what's really cool about the questions is that it's an opportunity for me to learn something new because my role is to try to find different solutions. And so, again, uh, you know, just I like to kind of share my thinking because I, I think, again, it's important, you know, to, to just communicate that you know we're all human and we're all learning and we're all on the journey and you know i've been reflecting also on my title you know my title a technology enabled learning and teaching consultant and uh it's that last part you know it's the teaching piece and i find like i do way more learning in this role than i do teaching now and it's kind of, I find, paralleling now with the role of the teacher in the classroom. You know, if we look at new pedagogy, we look at the, the competencies and how we can incorporate that into our, our teaching. And, uh, you know, again, I find if I'm back in the classroom teaching, I would, I would, I think, do way more learning with my students and try to design tasks where there's learning happening across the board than me feeling the pressure all the time to know all the answers um, for everything. And so I'm just putting it out there again. I, I think it's important, you know, to model and, and in doing this type of podcast and things like this and trying new things. It's just my way to show everyone that, hey, you know what? The Telt dude is doing it too. We're, we're doing this uh, alongside each other, learning 
um, how we can best use technology to to learn and to communicate our, our understanding of things too, which is cool. So this podcast here, I want to get back into uh, the book. And again, uh, you know, it's been one of those things. A colleague the other day made a joke and said, uh, yeah, Andrew, you're a slow reader, <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny. Um, but it's it's really, it's, you know, it's one of those things where I, I purposely want to take my time with this because I want to be able to, you know, read and then make some notes and jot some things down, think about things and then, you know, come back and, and really... It's not as much about the reading of the book that is important to me. It's actually the reflection that I do as a result of reading the book um, that's that's kind of more important. So we are in chapter 11 now and uh, kind of in that final stage of uh, the book. And so the title is Embracing an Open Culture. Embracing an Open Culture. And, um, you know, in this book here, George... Uh, does a really good job at, you know, talking about the importance for us to start looking outside of the boundaries of our school, you know, and looking to see that, like I think of, you know, some of the smaller schools that you can teach at. And if I'm a grade, let's say I'm a grade five or six teacher at a school or a grade seven, eight teacher, um, you know, I might only have two or three other colleagues. In some cases, I'm the only person teaching the grade. And, you know, Again, I like if you don't really have a lot of people to bounce ideas off of. And if there was one thing, I look back at my experience teaching seven and eight, uh, a really uh, good colleague of mine, we worked together uh, at a school and we did so much reflecting. We reflected all the time. We team taught together and we reflected on our practice constantly, you know, and how the days went and how an assignment went and how a task went. And it was such an important part of the work. And it allowed for us to continuously work at improving our practice. And that was before the time of Twitter, believe it or not. That was a while back. But now with Twitter, uh, it's one of those things that I find, like, I'm really going to work hard in my role to encourage teachers to add Twitter to their wheelhouse. Because, again, it's one of those things where you can be connected to thousands of grade five, six teachers, you know, who are all sharing their experience, sharing their journey, sharing resources, sharing the things that they're doing. And it's a great place to connect. And, and not only, it's not just about like, you know, uh, grabbing a cool activity or seeing something cool. It's actually about interacting you know, so you can on Twitter, there's a really great community where you can actually ask questions and it can be a grade five, six teacher in another you know, side of the world, but you can engage in a rich conversation about something that they're doing. And then you can then add that to, to your practice. So uh, chapter 11 is all about embracing an open culture. And uh, so a few little quotes here. Uh, the first one, I walked into the room and could tell right away I had never met the teacher. Jeff Unruh, hopefully I got that name right, before and knew very little about him. But the atmosphere in his classroom spoke of his commitment and passion. Turning to the colleague who was with me, I asked, do you think he's on Twitter? I wanted her to make an educated guess. And her thoughts were the same as mine. Definitely. How did we know? Everywhere we looked we could see the marks of connection 
collaboration, and yes, innovation. That quote just speaks perfectly to uh, what I just uh, described, you know, the importance of Twitter and getting out there and connecting. And so, you know, I find again, George captures it perfectly. Next, notice that I haven't mentioned anything about technology in this classroom. While students had access to computers, it was the learning environment that was different. It, offer, it offered multiple amazing opportunities for learning, tailored to reach students where they were and tap into their strengths and passions. This quote here speaks perfectly to a ministry visit we had a couple of years ago as part of our funding from the ministry. Uh, we had um, you know a couple of people from the ministry come in and visit. And uh, it was such an eye-opening experience for me as a consultant in technology where we spent a whole morning in a grade three classroom and uh, the students had a task and they were working away at an inquiry and uh, the part of the lesson they were at was they were actually going to present the project that they had created and so they had used the cloud, they used Office 365, they used Sway. And what was amazing about the, the entire visit, you know, was as we were, you know, walking around the classroom, the technology was, was kind of invisible. You know, it wasn't about the technology or the tools that the students were using. It was actually about the, the competencies. You know, it's about the students working collaboratively together. That critical thinking piece that they used to, you know, piece together the information and build a really amazing um, product, you know. And so again, I, I think of when we look at our classrooms, when you start to think about, okay, it's 2018, I gotta start thinking about how I can incorporate technology into my classroom. Again, I'm gonna start super simple. And I'm gonna start to think about ways in which I don't focus as much on the technology, but I'm gonna focus on a really rich task. And there's an image I use in a lot of my presentations and it's the design thinking model and I have all kinds of tools that are around that design thinking model. And, you know, if you really focus on a cool task for the students, the technology becomes secondary. It becomes seamless. And I think that that's, you know, when you walk into a classroom and you see students using technology, if you're actually able to go over and, and, and meet with the students and conference with them and ask them about the task and they're able to speak energetically about what they're doing, that's effective use of technology. And so I think here, you know, again, it, George uh, captures it really well. And it's, it's not about the devices. It's not about, you know, um, you know the necessarily uh, the STEM encoding stuff that you might want to be doing. It's more about that curriculum piece and starting with a rich task and then the students getting excited about it and that technology enabling of the learning. So that's really cool too, I found. So uh, the next piece here, like dipping your cup into a stream of information, you do not need to keep up with everything. By simply being in the space, the best ideas will make their way to you. This is so important too. When you're on Twitter, if you decide, you know, you're listening to the podcast, you're thinking, you know what, I think I'm gonna give it a try. I'm gonna sign up for Twitter. 
Also, if you're from my board, even if you're not, it's all good. Get in touch with me if you are, because I have some great getting started with Twitter uh, for education. Because again, when we think of Twitter, Twitter has that whole open um, aspect to it. But for education, it's a very tailored space, and it, there's a way of, of using Twitter that you know will make sense. So again, feel free to get in touch with me if you're getting started as a result of listening to the podcast. Coming back to the quote, like dipping your cup into a stream of information. And this is where I like to give like that, that little kind of disclaimer with Twitter. If you spend a lot of time on Twitter when you get started, you can start to feel overwhelmed. And I kind of went through that, you know, that when I started using Twitter, uh, you know, a while ago. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things where sometimes you're on and you're out, you're thinking, oh, wow, look, because, I mean, think about it, right? Twitter's open 24-7. Teachers across the world are sharing 24 hours a day. So what I started to do is I just changed my mindset around Twitter. And for me, Twitter, it's, it's always the same. I don't go on for too long. I check in maybe once a day, sometimes twice a day. I'll stay on for maybe four or five minutes as things are coming through. I like stuff that I want to go back and look at because when you like it, it then stays in your feed. Sometimes I'll do a retweet to encourage people or to highlight amazing things that are happening. But again, I think the, the important part, and George captures it here, is just dipping your cup in. You know, just take a few things you like and then go on and continue to do what you're regularly doing. And then when you go back to Twitter, check in, like a few things, maybe a couple of retweets, whew, back to what you were doing. And then when you have a bit of time for reflection, that's when you can go back and say, okay, you know what? That was like of this week or this past two weeks, that was the best idea I, I saw. I'm going to actually now try to implement that over the next month or two. So again, I think it's, it's really great that George highlighted that part because I find I've heard that. I've heard this from teachers who will say, oh yeah, I'm on Twitter, but it's just overwhelming. There's just so much stuff. So you got to take it um, you know, in small samples for sure. So I'm going to finish with this piece here. What really pushes our thinking is not consuming information, but reflecting, creating, and sharing idea, our ideas with the understanding that others will read it. And uh, again, that's a part that uh, George highlights in the book is, you know, trying to set up a way for your students to do the same thing. You know, I think of, you know, this podcast, I just put it out to the world. This is just, you know, uh, Andrew Unfiltered, I guess, Andrew the Telt Unfiltered. And, you know, as a result of putting this out to the world, you know, if I think of my effort level, well, it's going to be a little higher, right? And I think of what this looks like in the classroom. And if I'm able to set up a, a, an environment where, again, I've gone through the protocols of making sure the parents are okay with it and they've signed off on it. We're not putting anything identifiable for the students, but it's more about them creating some rich, cool projects with the intent at the end of that sharing piece with the global community also hitting uh, some of our competencies that we're trying to strive to achieve in our classroom, you think of what that could look like in your classroom, you know, for your students where it's like, okay, so we're going to work for a month on this project. It's going to be multifaceted. We're going to divide it into different pieces. But at the end, that final product, as a group, we're going to publish it. We're going to make it available. And we're maybe going to do it, maybe not on a global scale to start. Maybe I reach out to a couple of schools on the board 
you know, and set up an exchange where then we make it available to another class at another school and we get feedback from them. Maybe we set up a Skype call to exchange afterwards and share what we really liked about uh, the projects that were shared and stuff like that. So I think the, the important piece here, and George highlights it, is that if we can start to help students, you know, with them again, not necessarily being consumers of information, but them being producers and reflecting and getting feedback from a, a, a broader audience that can really, if we look at engagement in the classroom, we look at their, um, you know, if we, that sense of pride of trying to like push ourselves to a new level to achieve new heights with assignments, it can be a great motivator for our students in the classroom. So again, uh, you know what, chapter 11, only a few chapters left. I hope everyone has a wonderful day. And again, looking forward to the next episode of the TELP podcast. Again, I always welcome any feedback, uh, either through Twitter or via email. Again, I hope you all have a wonderful day. Take care, everyone.